Hello you. Welcome to this space. I'm your host Ruth and this is No Time for Small Talk. The podcast where we unpack the more complex and deeper aspects of life and explore taboo topics with curiosity and open discussion. We will be delving into mental and physical health, addiction, trauma, birth, death, and pretty much anything else we can dive to the depths of. If you have found your way here, I'm sure you are searching for something deeper, and I hope these conversations provide you with enlightening perspectives, comfort, education, and a smile or two. So wherever you are listening, welcome and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome back. So here I am, solo episode again this week. And this week I wanted to talk to you about my journey with chronic illness. And the reason I really wanted to share a little bit about this was because it's something that in my own life I haven't really spoken about so much. People in general don't know too much about my journey and my experience and the people who do know my experience don't really in general know the extent and it got me thinking of the why and how so many of us who are living with any kind of chronic illness or ongoing illness really keep it hidden and keep it so quiet and so (laughs) suppressed really and I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit explore maybe a little bit about why and I guess the kind of ways that it's impacted me in my life, the ways that I have chosen to not talk about it and um, the impact living with a chronic illness has had on me. So for me, my main ongoing illness is eczema which is a form of atopic dermatitis, um, but which is lesser known to be an autoimmune condition. And so essentially what happens is that my body recognises parts of my own body and my own self as foreign invaders and attacks them. So quite often that is my skin, Um, which can flare up into quite bad um, dry skin, cracks, redness, itching, bleeding, cuts, um, all sorts of things. And that's sort of the physical, I guess, scene manifestation of eczema. So most times if someone's having a flare-up you can see it a lot of times it might be on the hands or the wrists or the inner arms or inner knees and that's kind of the physical symptom that you can sometimes tell that someone might be dealing with eczema so the thing about this particular illness is that there is an awful lot of it that is unseen So 
if I'm having any kind of flare up, um, that will also come with chronic fatigue. It will come with joint stiffness. It will come with pain. It will come with brain fog. It will come with anxiety, uh, insomnia, fear. It will come with pain really throughout my body. It will come with extreme itching, insecurity, so much insecurity, uh, self-esteem issues, self-confidence issues. The interesting part is that the standard practice in dealing with eczema um, to treat the symptom, which is for the most part what is seen, which is the skin lesions or the skin, you know, inflammation. And so the sort of allopathic medical approach to dealing with eczema is to apply topical steroids and to apply antibiotic creams. And this is something I have done in my life um, when I was a lot younger and it's something that I don't do anymore. That's a choice that I've made based on my own research and my own studies and um, kind of understanding the physiological processes of the body and how the body heals itself. Looking at eczema from a, um, a more holistic approach and there's so much more to it than physical symptom. There is also a huge, huge, huge emotional aspect to skin conditions. Stress plays a giant part there's also lots of sort of metaphysical uh, thought processes or thought patterns of why and where eczema comes from and is kind of bodies of thought that believe it comes from repression of severe emotions from a very young age or some sort of a trauma that you've experienced or deep held anger that you're unable to release. Um, so there's a lot, there's lots of different fields of thought. And today I actually just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of my journey with that and what that has been like. So it kind of started for me when I was two. It's manifested really in so many different ways throughout my life. So there was periods of time where it was very, very severe for many years and where it was a daily struggle, a daily trauma really um to navigate um there was days when I it would just be so severe it would be bleeding every day there would be times I couldn't go to school because it was so bad there was a lot of bullying when I was a child around it and there was and there have also been periods of time where it's been completely in remission you know where I haven't had to think about it or worry about it or even make it a thing in my life, which for me really highlights that there is so much more of an emotional part to play than just a physical. So at the moment I am in a period where it's not overly something I'm stressed about. It's been quite okay. I wouldn't say it's been wonderful and I wouldn't say Every day I don't have to worry about it, um, but I've been implementing certain things in my life and taking certain supplements and really trying to navigate 
stress in a healthier way and adding those extra supports in for myself to really help with kind of keeping it mm, calm and not inflamed and not really something that's affecting me. However, last year I had one of the worst flare-ups that I've had since I was probably 13 or 14. And so after a very prolonged period of quite intense stress, um, as well as being very, very overworked, very run down, <laughs> exhausted, uh, quite burnt out actually. Um, and just having way too many things on my plate from every direction. Um, I really had an extremely bad flare up, which lasted for about eight months. And that was a particularly challenging time of my life because I was unable to sleep properly for pretty much six months. So I struggled to go to sleep every night. I woke up multiple times a night with extreme itching, extreme pain, extreme inflammation. I would be in and out of the shower and putting creams on, moisturizers on, changing my clothes, you know, changing my bed sheets, uh, all of these things to try and combat the intensity of my experience. So there's lots of different ways in which eczema can sort of present. So there's different presentations. So it can be very dry where it's really just like cracked and dry and sometimes you can get cuts from the dry skin and that's really where the moisture is just not like you have an inability basically to bring the moisture into your skin and to hold the moisture in your skin. So it's really just that dry presentation, dry, cracked, quite sore, can be itchy. Um, it can also have kind of the opposite presentation where there's almost a moistness and that's really where there's like a damp that's gotten into the skin. It can happen a lot in high humidity or if there's any mold in your home. Um, and that can be the sensation of it being sticky, hot, wet. Um, it feels quite inflamed, quite again, painful. It's always painful. Um, but, um, sometimes you can have cuts that might actually weep. Um, you do have to be really careful with eczema because there is a much higher chance of staph bacteria entering the skin and creating infection. And then some other presentations is really hot. So a lot of times if you've got eczema, you will experience the sensation of feeling like you're burning up, feeling like you're on fire or like your blood is on fire, your blood is boiling. And that's really this presentation of heat in the body and heat in the blood. So that was something that I was experiencing an awful lot last year. And so what would happen is I would get into bed and I would have this wave of fire running through me and running through my blood. And it was just so hot and itchy. And so I would have to get up, have a cold shower, change my clothes, get back into bed. And this could happen multiple times a night. And so I was really, really struggling um, last year with my skin. And 
it was a bit of a shock to me because I hadn't had to think about or worry about my eczema for just so long. It had been something that had kind of come and gone throughout, I'd say, the past oh, multiple years. It had been something that had come and gone, but I hadn't really had to pay any attention to it. Um, and so it was quite a shock to me that it was something that was an everyday just hell that I had to really, really navigate. And so what I found most challenging was that everything that I was trying, which are all the things that I've implemented throughout my life with this condition that have worked for me. So, you know, looking at my nutrition, looking at my diet, looking at supplements that I'm taking, lowering stress, trying to, you know, have evening routines and breathe and breath work and meditation and all the things, um, using all the natural products, getting rid of any chemicals. I didn't use any anyway, you know, making sure my home was completely toxin free. All of these things that I was already doing, they weren't working. And that is such a disheartening place to be in. In addition to all these things that I was doing, I was seeing massage therapists, acupuncturists, counsellors, nutritionists, naturopaths. I was seeing all of these people to help to guide me and help to figure out what was going on here and why and how I could fix it. That it was just so, it's so disheartening when you're trying everything and nothing is actually working. I knew from the beginning of this flare up that the answer was not going to be in allopathic medicine. I was not going to find the answer by going to the doctor and by getting a cream. And that's not to put any shade or any judgment to someone who does go down that pathway. But for me in my life and my experience, that has not worked for me. Um, my experience with Western medicine has been that every time I've turned to it, it has failed me. My experience has been that I have never been listened to, truly listened to by someone working in the standardized medical system. I have found that my experience has been ignored and denied and I've been put down and told that I am lying or don't know what I'm feeling or the reality of my experience and my feelings and pain have been completely dismissed. And my experience has been any times I have taken allopathic, not any times, of course, there has been certain times that I've needed whatever it may be and it's helped. But any times I have sought and used an allopathic medicine for a deeper health chronic condition, it has not worked. And in fact, it has made things so much worse for me. So I knew in myself that was not the route to go. I really persevered and persisted with trying to find the why and trying to find what was going on for me last year and what I could actually do to make it better. And it took an awful long time and I was really, really reaching the point of breaking point. As I said, I had been doing all of these things. I'd been really... <sighs> 
thought I had done everything prior to last year, been vegan for three years. I had even started to eat animal products again because I felt that I just was so depleted and so exhausted and not getting what I needed nutritionally. And that had, that was a huge, huge, huge decision for me, which I actually um, think could be a, its own podcast in itself. However, I had done everything that I could think of to fix this level of inflammation and this level of stress within my body. And I actually had gone home for a holiday back to Ireland and I had gone to see my acupuncturist, my Chinese medicine practitioner from Ireland, who I have seen since I was two years old. He's treated my eczema and anything else I've actually experienced. He has been the one to treat me and to really give me solutions and help me heal from day one. I had been to see him when I went home and I'd had a really great treatment and he had given me a lot of uh, education and understanding about what was going on in my body and the kind of why from a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint. He had recommended some herbs to purchase back in Australia that would be very helpful in calming everything down. And so I came back to Australia and I purchased the herbs and within I think three or four days of taking these Chinese herbs I slept throughout the night for the first time in six months and it wasn't a once off. From then on I slept throughout the night every night. That was the beginning of me sleeping again. Started to notice changes in my skin and it gave me an element of hope. You know everything didn't it wasn't fixed straight away but those few days there was enough change for me to know that I was on the right track and that things were changing for the positive. So in the meantime I had also been researching a lot around mold. So in the area that I live in the Gold Coast is an extremely humid and damp area and last year we had also had an awful lot of flooding and which meant that pretty much all of the houses were extremely damp, a little bit moldy, humid and I had had concerns around airborne molds and toxins in the air. And I had actually come across in my research what a mold rash looked like. And when I looked at the mold rash, I was completely astonished because what I had thought had been eczema all over my legs. Because I was also experiencing a really bad eczema flare up at the time, that I just assumed these other rashes that were coming up were another form. Um, but when I actually compared this picture of a mold rash to my legs, it was the exact same. And I was shocked. And in that moment, I knew that this was an important piece. So um, as I say, at this time, I had kind of started on these herbs and they had started to improve things. But Things in my skin at that time were so bad and they were so intense that while they had started improving, anyone who hadn't seen my skin prior would just think, wow, it's really bad. It's in a really bad way. So anyways, I had wanted to 
after I kind of made this discovery, I was like, okay, I'm sure this is what's happening. I'm sure that this is what's really contributing to my skin. I'm sure that it's getting so much worse because of this mold problem. And so I wanted to go and get this allergy test just to confirm my own suspicions that I might be allergic to mold. Um, And this test also tests for a whole host of other kind of household things that you might be allergic to as well. So I booked in this test with this very expensive allergy doctor and I went to do this test and well the first thing he said was that we can't do the test because the skin where we have to do the test is way too inflamed and so you won't get a correct result because essentially what happens is they prick your skin your skin will react to the allergen and will create a reaction but if your skin's already inflamed it's probably going to create a reaction to anything so it kind of gives a false result so that was fine he said you know we're not going to be able to do the test but you could come back when it's kind of calmer but then he proceeded to basically sit me down and tell me in a much longer spiel how absolutely awfully dreadful my skin was and how there was absolutely nothing that I could do that would make it better unless I go and get this really really strong steroid and antibiotic cream and apply it four times a day for the next three weeks and then come back and get this test done and I would probably need to use this cream for six months if I was going to see any changes otherwise my skin is probably going to be scarred for life and it's probably going to be never get better basically. And I very politely explained to him why that was not the route that I was taking. I explained to him all the things that I was implementing already in my life to help. I explained how the Chinese herbs that I had started taking had started working already, the changes that I had noticed. I explained all of the other things that I was sort of implementing that I had seen positive results from. And I also explained that any time I had experienced flare-ups in the past, I had been able to manage them between myself and other practitioners um, without the use of allopathic medicine. And of course, which has been my experience every time, I was met with a lot of disregard for what I was saying, being talked down to and being seen as a bit stupid, a bit ridiculous because I didn't want to follow the doctor's orders. And so I left the appointment feeling quite disheartened because I had kind of come to this person for help in my own way. And I had kind of left feeling really put down and really, I guess, a bit shamed too, you know, when you have someone (laughs) sit opposite you and tell you for 25 minutes how bad you look and how bad your condition is and how you'll never be able to fix it you know it's quite it's quite hard actually and it's quite harsh but the thing is that I just don't have trust there from my experience that I have experienced each and every time I don't trust that process and I don't have trust in medical professionals knowing what's best for me and my body And so while I did have a bit of a day of feeling quite shamed and quite bad about myself, it actually sparked this fire within me that said, well, I'm going to show you that you're wrong 
And so I acted as if I already got the test results and they said that I was allergic to mold. I completely mold proofed my house. I spent some time cleaning any visible mold that I could see, which wasn't very much granted. I bought an air purifier to, to, you know, kill any airborne molds in my home. I started to wash all of my, wash and dry all of my sheets every, I think it was three days or something like that. You know, I implemented all of these things to really prevent any kind of mold or damp in the house. Again, so quickly, I noticed things start to change in my skin. I also started to apply colloidal silver all over my skin. And between these things, everything changed. And within, I think it was like three or four weeks, I was still sleeping every night. The appearance of my skin had drastically changed from what it had been four weeks prior, you would barely know that it had even had a severe flare up in any way, shape or form. Everyone started to notice the difference. People were shocked. I was surprised by how quickly it changed when I found what was really triggering, which was the mold. And, you know, part of me kind of wanted to go and book another appointment with this allergy specialist to just say, by the way, I didn't use what you told me I needed to have and look and not to, I think part of it was, you know, an ego. I wanted to say you were wrong and I know what's best for me and whatever else. But actually part of it was just to actually show, you know, yeah, okay, this is an option that people have, but it's not the only option available. And it's not the only thing that people can do to help themselves and to heal themselves. And I didn't book the appointment because I just knew exactly how it would be received. And as anything, any health or medical condition that gets better without a medical solution is just treated as a coincidence, really. And it's not given any weight to what was done or used that might have actually helped. So I just felt there was no point that was kind of the latest really bad flare-up that I've experienced and that was what had really done it for me. Now I do know that stress is a huge trigger for me, always has been and always will be. So when I do get stressed I will almost always have some kind of a flare-up and I do have to really watch my stress levels and I do have to really watch how busy I'm getting in my life and how much I'm kind of taking on because it always will show up (laughs) and it will always flare up. I have also navigated through some pretty severe and pretty chronic gut health issues as well, including lots of food intolerances and high sensitivities to certain foods. So the interesting thing for me about my journey with eczema is that There was so long that I really was angry. I was so angry at my body for having this condition, at my body for letting me down. I was angry that I couldn't just be normal, that it was that, you know, why do I have to get these flare ups? Why is it that 
I can't eat these foods. I can't be exposed to certain things. I can't touch certain materials without my skin flaring up. I can't take on too much or or have a busy schedule because it's going to, I'm going to have a flare up and I'm going to be really sick. And why can't I just eat whatever I want to eat when I go out? Why can't I just on a whim go and stay somewhere new? Well, no, because I have to make sure it's got specific bedding and they've used the specific right laundry liquid and whatever. There is so long that I was really angry about that and that I was stressed about the why and understanding kind of why me. I think I had so much of the victim mentality around my chronic illness because it was so debilitating and has been such a force that has impacted me throughout my life and has led to some other additional issues and 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 problems for me such as digestive issues lots of pain you know stomach pain fatigue memory issues mental health issues insomnia and I think for so long I was so angry and so just felt that it was so unfair I had to experience this in my life. It's interesting because lately that mentality has really shifted and I've started to view it, you know, from a whole other lens. What have I had to do and what have I had to implement to support my chronic illness? Well, what I've had to implement is I have to live a low-tox lifestyle. I cannot be exposed to harsh, dangerous chemicals. I have to eat a very whole food-based diet. I have to eat organic food. I cannot eat food that has been smothered in pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, sprayed with harsh chemicals. I have to use natural cleaning products. I have to use natural shampoo, conditioner, body wash, soap. I have to supplement with the right supplements and keep my health in check. I have to get additional support from an acupuncturist once every two months. I have to keep my mindset in check. I have to keep an element of slowness and groundedness in my life. You know, so many of these things, if you look at it from the lens that I had been for so long, all of these things can seem like such a burden. Well, why can't I just live like everyone else? And you know, but it's so funny because as time's gone on and this has just been how I've had to live in my life for so long, actually sat down and thought about it. I wouldn't live any other way. Why would I live in an environment full of chemical toxins? Why would I live in a household where the products I use were poisoning me? Why would I want to eat food that over the period of my life is actually going to make me sick? And it's so interesting because it's like my chronic illness and living with a chronic illness has pushed me and forced me into living in the best and most healthy possible way that I can be. And that 
anyone who lives with me can as well. Because I believe for so many of us, we get given signals from our body all the time for things that just aren't quite right. And I believe that before a serious health condition comes along, you know, one of the big ones, cancer, heart attack, absolute burnout. I believe that before something big comes along, we are given so many warning signs. And I believe that so many of us in our life, the warning signs are not big enough and our lives are too busy for us to pay attention. And for me, there just is no choice to not pay attention. When something is out of alignment, when I'm living outside of the parameters of true health, it's physically impossible for me to ignore it. It's like a big, huge siren starts going off and screaming at me that something is wrong and something needs to change. And any time that I've lived outside of alignment with how I am supposed to be living, taking full responsibility for vital health and well-being, I get sick. And again, as I said, for so long, this angered me. It annoyed me, you know, especially when I was younger and I was a teenager and I just wanted to go out with my friends and do normal things. I just wanted to eat Chinese takeaways and fish and chips and drink whatever I wanted and not care and, and eat all this sugar. And But yet I would always pay the price because my body would have such a strong reaction that I would then have to confront it and make changes to bring myself back to alignment. And so as time's gone on, and I've really sat with this idea and this concept, I've come to find that my chronic illness has been the biggest blessing because it has allowed me to make the most positive changes I can make for my life. It has allowed me to research and understand the dangers of everyday things that we're using and consuming. You know, it's allowed me to make conscious decisions that support not only my well-being, but the well-being of my family. It's allowed me to look at everything and to come back into balance with the natural way of living. It's interesting and I often, I often think about this, that there's a lot of vamps um, and fibres in clothes that I can't wear because I'll react and it will flare up my skin and I'll get sick. The interesting part is that I have never once reacted to a natural fibre. However, I will react to pretty much every synthetic fibre there is. That in itself, it does make me question if my body, my health, my skin is all in really wonderful, vital condition when I am living in this conscious, slow, low-tox, peaceful environment, when I'm eating well, when I'm nourishing my body, when I don't have any environmental toxins or pollutants. And if it only gets bad and flares up when 
something in that slips. And when I start living away from that natural way of living, is it really a bad thing? Or is it really the most positive thing that I can have? To have that reminder each and every time I'm slipping out of alignment to bring me back to the best way I can be living. And so for anyone out there who is dealing with or living with any kind of chronic illness, I just invite you to really sit with that question of what is this chronic illness giving me? Or what is it showing me? What is it trying to tell me? You know, what is it reminding me? There's a lot of depth within this too and this question, this this invitation you can take quite far because for me something that I found when I kind of dug a little bit more into this was that part of my illness on the more emotional, metaphysical level you could say was that this kind of idea and this thought that came to me of when I have a very bad flare up and when I get really sick, I can't keep pushing and I need to be looked after. And so when I kind of sat with that question of, well, what is it giving me? Well, it's giving me a break, giving me a chance to stop when I won't give myself that chance. When I'm running on empty, when I'm running and running and running and chasing my tail, trying to get somewhere and trying to frantically keep pushing, it gives me a break. It makes me stop in my tracks. It makes me stop. And it also allows me to receive. Actually, it forces me to receive because when I get really sick, I can't do things for myself. I cannot be the one that goes out and makes money. I cannot be the one that does all the housework, does all the cooking, does all the cleaning. I cannot show up for everyone else. And I am forced to stop and allow myself to be looked after. And so I do wonder how many of us who are living with chronic illness might be unconsciously missing the opportunity for what it is trying to tell us. And so I do invite you to just gift yourself a little bit of time and space to really sit with that and just ponder, you know, maybe get a journal and a pen and just ponder on that question. And it doesn't even have to be really a chronic illness, but you know, even if you're someone who is experiencing a recurring illness or a recurring symptom, even, you know, maybe, maybe you're someone who gets migraines once a month okay well sit with that and ponder on that and maybe you can ask yourself the same questions what is this giving me and what is this trying to tell me so I'm going to leave it there for today when I started talking I thought to myself how am I going to make this into a full episode and yet here we are so I'm going to leave it there okay So thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you all next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to No Time for Small Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, share and leave a review. Remember to follow our Instagram, No Time for Small Talk, for extra resources and to be the first to hear about upcoming guests or events. If you would like to connect or find out more about my work, you can find me on Instagram at Ruma Integrative or by emailing ruma-connect at outlook.com. 
I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye for now.